We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to this special episode of the KCSN Live post-game show. Obviously, the Chiefs are not playing, but we know who the Chiefs' opponent is going to be next week for the AFC Championship. Going to be a rematch from last year as the Cincinnati Bengals dominated the Buffalo Bills today in Buffalo by a score of 27-10. to 10. I'm BJ Kissel, joined by my pals Maddie Lane and Kent Swanson. It's going to be show heavy on takeaways from this Bills and Bengals matchup because it was pretty eye-opening, pretty surprising. Excited to get Maddie and Kent's takeaways on this one. But uh, Maddie, let's start with you and just uh, high level. What surprised you most about what you saw today between the Bills and Bengals? I, I was pretty impressed or unimpressed with just how poorly I think the Buffalo Bills played. And a lot of that is going to be because of what the Bengals were able to do, especially on the defensive side. But it just seemed like the Bills didn't have any answers on either side of the ball or they weren't even bringing new stuff to the table. I don't, it, it was a weird game to watch because it looked from early on. They were just kind of outmatched and there wasn't this chess piece back and forth of each team figuring each other out. The Bills kind of have one answer. Josh Allen, throw the ball as far as you can and that solves all of our problems and that wasn't working. And it, it got ugly for them quick, Kent. Yeah, it really did. Like I, like the offensive consistency of the Buffalo Bills, like I think they're kind of a high variance offense, which is why I see like, you know, oftentimes it's going to be on the high end. There's going to be a lot of productivity, big plays down the field, explosive, quick scores. Uh, I think they struggle at times to sustain some offense. And I think that's where they get got a little get when, when Josh Allen gets a little greedy that happened on the offensive side of the ball. And 
I I could not be more unimpressed with how the Buffalo Bills approached you know defending Joe Burrow and this this team in the snow. I think it was a severe uh, mismanagement of that game, and they just didn't have any answers for how to slow this offense down. And I think they gave I think they gave the I think they gave the Buffalo or the the Bengals just they made it easy on them with it with an offensive line that had a fourth injury to their offensive line. Ted Karras got hurt as well. Like, I, I don't know. There's there's so much to unpack in this game uh, and how it relates to next week. So we'll, we've got plenty to talk about here. And we're going to get to Patrick Mahomes' ankle and a lot of the Chiefs-specific things here in the second part of this show. We're going to start with our takeaways from the Bills and Bengals. And, guys, we started you know talking about this before, and I think this has kind of been the knock on the Bills all year that so much was on Josh Allen playing, you know, going into God mode for them to be successful over the course of a huge part, at least of this season, that it wasn't completely surprising to see them come and play this way. It was just surprising to me that it was in the divisional round of the playoffs at home, and this is what we ended up seeing. Um, but as it relates to this particular game and what you saw, let's start with the the Bengals offense. Talk about Joe Burrow and what you saw from that group. Joe Burrow finished the game 23 of 36, 242 yards, a couple of touchdowns. He was sacked twice, and then Jamar Chase led them five receptions, only 61 yards and a touchdown. Uh, pretty efficient game plan for them, Matty. It was, and this is kind of the issue that you've got with the Bengals this year. The, the Bengals this year, offensively, are so much more impressive than they were last year. Yeah. And this isn't the talk down about what they did, but last year was a little bit of luck, and a lot of things went right where they were just throwing a bunch of contested passes up the sideline. This year, they, I mean, they have a full-on offense that attacks everywhere, and what you've seen is teams play these two high-safety structures, and they try to force them to check it down. Joe Burrow's gotten really good at checking the ball down and doing so really fast in the play. So he's getting the ball out to these playmakers real quick. But the flip side is a defense still has to respect the vertical ball. So you're still playing with deep safeties. You're still playing everybody off. And it just gives them so much room. And I don't know if there's a team besides maybe the 49ers in the NFL right now whose wide receivers catch the ball and get upfield and ready to make a guy miss better than the Bengals do. So like they're just the way they're playing is really good. They're attacking the amount of space that defenses are forced to give them after they saw how much they're how bad they were getting beat last year with the vertical passing game. You saw the Ravens do a decent job. They played a lot of quarters. They mixed it up. They forced you to take six-yard hitches to wide receivers on the outside, and that makes these guys you know, have to catch the ball, turn, and run. The Bills opted for a little bit more cover two kind of stuff, more quarter, quarter, half, and the Bengals just had no real issues finding open space over the intermediate areas with guys working already horizontally or upfield. So I just I don't think the Bills watched what the Ravens did and used any of that to any kind of success. Well, and then I think you take the snow into consideration. Like, I'm not trying to completely say it's just the snow, but it just feels like the way that game went, the way structurally the 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 Bills were playing, they looked a little bit timid in the back end trying to to navigate some of the snow that they were experiencing on the field too. So, like, how they were adjusting and how they were, you know, the soft coverage felt extra soft because it didn't seem like the Bills were capable of handling the snow to a to a competent level and they kind of build that offensive line out too that's dealing with three injuries and a reshuffling along the offensive line that that defensive line for the bills is gonna we're gonna need to talk plenty of that about that because it's bad for having so many resources put into it but they just they were able to you know they were able to get rid of the ball quickly to kind of protect uh, that offensive line that, you know, that, that quick pressure wasn't really hitting the pressure really wasn't hitting at all. Cause Joe Burrow was ready to throw the ball at the top of his drop. 
but they had too many easy answers for him at the top of his drop. And that's the thing that I kept looking back on when, when you're watching this game. It's just, yes, like Joe Burrow is so good at getting the ball out of his hands, but the Bills didn't do anything to try to make it hard on him at all. And there were so many quick answers coming uncovered and built and Joe Burrow was just completely content to take all of them. Then when you take all of that into consideration, the bills can't tackle to save their life. So all these little five yard completions yeah. turning into first downs, like just a, a, just a complete, just dismantling of, of the Buffalo bills. Yes. I think the weather played a factor into it, but I'm not sure that was the only deciding factor in this football game. There were a lot of wide open receivers, it seemed like, for the Bengals for a lot of the throws and plays that Joe Burrow made. Until you get back, until you watch the All-22 and you kind of really diagnose what happened, just watching live and just kind of casually observing, it just felt like there were a lot of pretty stress-free throws well, uh, for Joe Burrow to make in this game. It's like a lot of the completions were on the broadcast view. Like It wasn't like <laughs> yeah. you, were, you weren't having a strain to try to figure out what was happening. Like It's a lot of really short, to, you know, short passes that were just and, going for easy completions. That was talked about all week um, going into the Chiefs-Jags game. I talked about it with the only – there's only two quarterbacks in the NFL who get the ball out quicker than Trevor Lawrence, and it was Joe Burrow and Tom Brady. This is something that Joe Burrow has been doing all season long, how quickly he gets the ball out of his hands, and it makes sense to his playmakers the way that the offensive line has been banged up, and it's only going to get even more. But, guys, I want to talk a little bit about the running game with Joe Mixon because it's somebody last time these two teams faced, Chiefs didn't face Joe Mixon. They faced Samaj P. Ryan. And Joe Mixon was impressive in this game, Matty. He was, and Joe Mixon played really good. And I don't want to take anything away from him here. I think he played really good. They had some really nice, he had some really nice broken tackles near the line of scrimmage that he was able then to carry on and to kind of chunk plays. But to me, it came down to the offensive line for the Bengals was just, it was stellar. You're coming off a week where they kind of got pushed around a lot by the Baltimore Ravens with their starters. The Bengals starters kind of got pushed around by the Ravens. And then once backup started coming in, it looked really bad there for a while for them. I think they heard that all week. These guys are professionals. doesn't matter if they're backups, not backups. They are professional athletes. They're paid. They kind of came out there and played like they they were pissed off that people kept doubting them. And, I mean, it showed. I don't think the Bills' defensive line is consistently great all the time or even consistently good, but the amount of gaps and lanes they were opening up for their running backs to hit and how they were getting guys to the second level – you pair that kind of offensive line play with the Buffalo Bills structure where all the safeties are playing deep, everyone's trying to get width or depth at the snap. There was just a lot of space to work with. And, I mean, that hats off to that offensive line. I They played one of their best games all year, and that was with three backups out there starting. Yeah, and again, another one getting hurt. <laughs> and Alex Karras, like, I think he still t- gutted it out, but he, he endured some injuries there up front as well and i don't want to completely just diminish what that group did i'm not trying to completely just explain it away on the snow and all that stuff but i want to i want to see a bigger sample size i do i want to see what happens in a game where everyone has their footing a little bit i want to see this i'm excited i'm excited i'll be honest i'm excited to watch this matchup up front between the Bengals offensive line this patchwork offensive line and and the chiefs defensive line because you know i think the chiefs defensive line played well last week you know, or yesterday, sorry, against against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think you saw them kind of rationing some things up. I think this group's going to have some pride this week. And I think they're going to respond in a very, very big way, not to look too much ahead. But I, I'm just, I, I'm a little bit more dubious. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it a little bit uh, with that Bengals offensive line in the AFC championship, if they're able to do the same things that they were able to do today. 
Uh, we appreciate everybody for hanging out. Please hit that like and subscribe button. We'll have plenty of content here at KC Sports Network. Getting you ready for the Chiefs and Bengals. They will meet 5.30 Central Time at Arrowhead Stadium, which is one of the, the benefits for Chiefs fans watching this game is that it's not a neutral site. The game will be at Arrowhead where the, these two teams met last year. Guys, let's switch to the other side of the ball, talk a little bit about the Bengals' defense and what you saw. And, you know, again, casually observing, I was hanging out with my kids, um, trying to feel a little bit right. I, I kind of feel like the Bills played today, which is not great. Uh, I'm just trying to, you know, get my Pedialyte in after celebrating hard with some friends yesterday uh, during the Chiefs game. But, Let's guys, let's talk a little bit about the Bengals defense. And as I was watching, the player that kept standing out to me was Mike Hilton. I don't know if Mike Hilton and the amount of pressure and the things that they did against the Bills is exactly the game plan that they're going to bring against the Chiefs. It will be interesting to see with a hobbled Patrick Mahomes how that changes everybody's game plans with that. And again, we'll get more into that later in the show, talking Chiefs specific. But Maddie, from what you saw today from the Bengals defense, what was the most impressive part? It's Lou and Rumo every time. Um, I think that I spent a lot of time talking about Steve Spagnuolo and how he is so good at single game game planning and how he's one of the best, you know, defensive coordinators in the league at that. Lou has now gotten himself after just two years of being a defensive coordinator, what he has to be right there with anybody else you're putting at the top because it changes from week to week. He's not going to play the Ravens the same as he plays the Bills as he plays the Chiefs next week. It's always going to be different. And it's not just, oh, we're going to base it out of this coverage or this look. He throws in some of the biggest, craziest wrinkles every single time. And then now as he's expanded over two seasons, they have mostly the same players. They can go back into stuff they did in week four of last year. Or they can go back to that three-man pass rush with an active, aggressive spy. Or now this year, we've seen them bring a lot more pressure in these big games. Now, I think you do blitz Josh Allen. I think I've always said that's how you get to him. I don't think he always processes it quick, processes it quickly or where to go. And I think you saw that in the second half. Like you said, Mike Hilton was terrorizing him. I think they were bringing some other backers up the middle. And Josh was just really late to get to where he needed to get to. I kind of hope they do that to a Patrick Mahomes, especially if the mobility's gone. Give him more throwing windows. I'd rather see them rush and blitz and throw extra bodies into the pass rush versus trying to play coverage and make Mahomes just sit back there, move around. So we'll see what they do. But I mean, Big Lou, I we're in coaching search season right now. I don't know how no team has interviewed him at all. Brandon Staley did less and got a head coaching job real fast than what Big Lou's done the last two years. Yeah. No, and it's like it's hard to be able to take a unit and be as flexible as they are structurally and just to kind of allow them to be at, you know be as multiple as they are like that's not an easy thing to do and like they've very much obviously been able to do that they just you know it, look i'm not trying to diminish the cincinnati Bengals when i say some of the things i'm saying i'm saying about what we just saw i think they had an out- they had an outstanding game plan they absolutely did this is a very tough physical secondary like that this is a group that's gonna run their mouse that's gonna hit hard that's gonna play physical uh through the play and you know they'll get your hand they'll get their hands on them and and they're gonna the chiefs are gonna have to control their emotions a little bit when this game does kind of come down to it but i i still like josh allen pressed in a in a big way today like he was pressing from jump street and you saw they the bills it was kind of like the bill the Bengals go down they score that first touchdown of the game with these and Josh Allen, first play, gets an opportunity to hit to hit Stefan Diggs down the sideline wide open. Uh, 
beat, beat like a drum. And they just flat out miss. Like there are going to be opportunities for them to, to, to hit plays. Like this, there's still going to be opportunities for them to hit plays. It's just going to be a matter of if, of, if, if that team can. And the, the Bills miss a lot of opportunities that the Bengals still present them in this game. And uh, just because Lou Romo has done an outstanding job and makes it difficult and, and, and all that for 60 minutes of football doesn't mean there's not going to be opportunities there as well. And that's it's the Chiefs are going to have to capitalize on what they get and what Lou Anarumo gives them. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Before we move on and talk Chiefs Bengals, let's put a kind of a bow on our top thoughts and what we saw today uh, from Bengals and the Bills. And again, I said it off the top, but for me, it was just I was more and again not a knock on the Bengals, but I was more surprised at the lack of basically everything from the Bills yeah. than I was anything being super impressed with what the Bengals did. Maddie, to your point, maybe it's just the eye of the beholder, and you know you got to give the other side credit when somebody's not doing well. Um, this beauty of, you know, I always liken it back to like chiefs training camp. The great thing about working at chiefs.com is somebody who's always looked great. <laughs> if the offense didn't do good as hey, the defense looked great. Same thing with what was going on uh, today between the bills and Bengals perhaps, but uh, Maddie final thoughts on today's takeaways between the bills and Bengals. Yeah. It, so it really comes down to this. I think that the Bills, I don't know what the thought process was is coming into this game, right? I think I said last week I thought they outplayed the Dolphins, but they were making a lot of mistakes to the point to where it was close. This week it wasn't even like it was a mistake-filled game for them. It was just they didn't play very good. They completely came out. and They out-frauded the Fraudgles. They came out and played more fraudulent than the Bengals did, and that's just, you know, that's the end of the story. We got We're keeping this bit up the whole time. I still, I see I the still comments. hesitate. The comments are like are like scared that you're dropping the fraudgles. No, no, no. The fraudgles bit is still 100 percent there. <laughs> I just think that the Bills came out and out frauded them. I don't think the Bills came out and played with any life. Like I, 
I watch enough Bills football because they are, you know, a big rival to the Chiefs in terms of winning the Super Bowl. And I have not seen their defense play this finesse, look this yeah. lost, and be out physical this bad by an offense that I don't think is that physical even. Like, that's the crazy thing. The Bengals' offense isn't that physical, and they came out and pushed the Bills around. So I don't know. It just seemed like a team that came out a little bit flat. They got entirely outcoached. They got out-executed, outplayed, and it lasted all game. So, yeah, credit to the Bengals for doing that credit to them for having a good game plan and doing what they needed to do. But it really just seemed the bills played this. Like it was week one of the regular season. That was the level of like just emotion. And just, it seemed like that's their playing with. I know that's not the case, but that's just what it looked like. And so credit to the Bengals for winning that game. But I, I think it was a lot more of the bills just kind of playing really bad is why the Bengals look so good. Not that yes. they wouldn't have won either way. I just think that's why it was so bad is the bills just kind of eh, sleepwalk through the whole thing. Here's a quick note before you jump in, Kent, that came out from Next Gen Stats that Joe Mixon, the Bengals running back, averaged 2.6 yards before contact in the divisional round today against the Bills. The Bills allowed a season-high 85 yards before contact in the regular season. They allowed the fewest yards before contact per carry. Just a, a either way you want to look at it, a bad performance by the Bills or just an unbelievable performance by a lot of second stringers uh, up front for the Bengals, Kent. Yeah, it's I, it, it doesn't make sense. Like and like that's why I just I I tend to just not believe all of it. I I just tend not to believe everything we just saw from a from a Bengals perspective. Now, I think I think everybody's kind of looked at the Bengals and not really believed it for the last two years. So there could be something to be said about all that. But I'm I think the reaction there, it's, there's going to be a lot of overreactions from this game. I think. There's going. There already is a lot of over. It's all over social media. Well, okay, <laughs> the, so Chiefs, the Chiefs, Chiefs don't have a chance, according to everybody yeah. on social media, which is kind of what you expected, knowing this matchup was going to come. Right now, the Chiefs are one point favorites they, in this they, game going up against the Bengals. But here's the thing, BJ. They opened as three point favorites thirty minutes ago on DraftKings. <laughs> they were three point favorites on DraftKings. The line has already moved to close to close to center. So, you're, and it's it's <laughs> a lot of apparently from what I'm reading, it's a lot of the public is coming in strong. Like I said, and like I think that's the indication. There is a strong, strong overreaction to the Cincinnati Bengals performance in a snow game where the game plan kind of played well. I genuinely like just watching the game. I think the game plan played well to the weather for the Bengals and not as well to the weather for for, for the Bills. And our, well, and maybe it's more the Bills didn't have answers for anything, but the way that they wanted to play this game did not go well for them in the snow, where guys were a little bit wor worried about their footing. Uh all 11 on defense. Like I'm not absolving them. I it's really, it's still really bad. It's just really bad. Like coaching, you know, at game planning, but man, like I, do we think that should the Bengals be 17 points, 10 point favorites next week? Is that what we're saying here? Like, the, like, I think there's just like a too big of a pendulum swing where the chiefs are going to have some answers to what they saw this week. If the snow, if there's no snow that week, if there's no, no snow, the, the chiefs defensive lines better than the the bills. The Bills without Von Miller, their defensive pass rush and their defensive line has been bad. It's not been good. And they got out physical today. They got bullied, like you just said, with some of those lines. The Bengals were just the more physical team today, and that's really one of the things and the biggest takeaways I had is just how physical the Bengals were relative to what the Bills, and maybe the Bills are just emotionally spent. I don't know, but they were just not ready for the physicality in a game that, that should be physical with the kind of weather. The Bills just flat out weren't. I mean, yeah. going back to the snow too, I, 
you watch the Bills, like every single pass rush was just four guys trying to bull rush a Bengals offensive lineman. And I mean, we're coming off a week where Jason Oa was able to bull rush somebody. And all of a sudden this week they couldn't, but it's just, there was no threat of anyone winning around the edge. You look at the Bills defensive line and, you know, they're built, they got all these different body types. They brought in Von Miller to be the speed guy. And it just, it looks like they don't have an identity of how they wanted to win at rushing the passer. And it was just a bunch of bull rushes directly into blockers chest. And I don't know if they really have the guys that that's not a Gregory Rousseau special, right? That's not Ed Oliver, as good as he is as an interior rusher. He's a fast guy. He's quick. Yes, he's strong, but he wins with his lateral agility. All these guys are just trying to muscle around the Bengals offensive line to Kent's point, almost like they're afraid to try to find their footing in the snow. And you want to say maybe in the first half they had the wrong spikes in. Okay, but after halftime, that should be fixed. And it just never seemed like it really clicked. So I don't know what the rationale was. Oh, go ahead. Well, and I just want to add some more context to all of this too, is just some just some feedback from some of the Bills fans uh, that are Bills, the wonderful people at Cover One at the Bills. They do an outstanding job covering uh, covering the Buffalo Bills. Some commentary about the defensive line, because there was concern and discourse about the defensive line heading into this game. Daquan Jones didn't play. He's been one of their he's been their best interior run defender for the entirety of the season. Apparently, from from the Bills' perspective and a lot of the coverage there, um, Ed Oliver's not been the same since his second injury this week or this year. So there's been, you know, I think the regression of of Ed Oliver a little bit is to be taken into consideration there too. So there was some points of concern for the Buffalo Bills and and people that cover the Bills uh, on their interior defensive line, specifically just their defensive line period. So. Just some additional context to where how how some of the best people covering the Bills felt about this defensive line heading to the game, and then hearing the news of DaQuan Jones. So, well, and I agree with that. And then you flip and you look at how the Bengals rush the passer. Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, these guys are power first pass rushers. All they did was put their foot in the ground and attack the outside shoulder. Like yes. Hendrickson was is was and is able to bend the edge a little bit, but they're not trying to be finesse rushers. They welcome that physicality. And I think the Chiefs, at the very least, as a pass rushing unit, air a little bit more on that side than they do the finesse side. And so I do think that helps whether there's snow, not snow, when you're going up against backup offensive linemen. I think that can help us to be able to execute that game plan a little better. It's like we'll talk about it as the week goes on. But if the Bengals offensive line dominates the game like they just did against the Bills, they're probably they're probably going to win the game. If the Chiefs defensive line dominates like they did against the Jaguars, that they're probably going to win the game. So it's like which way does that pendulum swing seems to be I mean, the pretty obvious key matchup to me just after watching these last two uh, divisional round games. Yeah, please hit that like and subscribe button, guys. Let's now let get into what's going to be the top storyline all week. Hopefully we get some information as we get closer to Wednesday with Patrick Mahomes in the ankle. I don't expect there to be a whole lot of information given out this week and that uh, they're getting ready for a game and not really stuff that they need to share. Uh, but as it relates to the line, the way people are going to talk about this game, I mean, the Bengals, you know, Joe Burrow is 3-0 and against Patrick Mahomes, including the AFC title game last week. Patrick Mahomes is not 100%. And so I had predicted back in, you know, the middle of the season that this was the game that I wanted to see. And don't be surprised if the Bengals came in even as favorites as the line continues to move and more information comes out about Patrick Mahomes' ankle of what this is going to look like. But this, the graphics have already been made. We're going to be seeing these all week. So I'm going to talk about it right now because get used to hearing this all week, Chiefs Kingdom. Joe Burrow, 3-0 against Patrick Mahomes. The, the head-to-head comparison, uh, statistical comparison in those three games. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow completed 72.2% of his passes. Patrick Mahomes, 673 
passing yards a game. Joe Burrow, 327. Patrick Mahomes, 252. Touchdown to interception. Joe Burrow, 8-1. to one. Patrick Mahomes, 6-2. to two. Mahomes' numbers, not bad at all. That is not a knock on Patrick Mahomes in that way. But when you put them side by side, just get used to seeing this kind of information all week. It, by the time we get to this game, Chiefs fans are going to be so pissed off that everyone does not feel like they... There's no one is giving them a shot that it's going to be a fun atmosphere. We'll be out in Vegas covering the East West Shrine Bowl, but it'll be definitely be one of those FOMO moments for not being at Arrowhead for this one because this is the one that you want to be at. This one's going to be special. I already am pissed. <laughs> like, I just, you know, and I, I, I love that it's the Bengals. I genuinely love yeah. that it's the Bengals. And just a lot of things. Chiefs get to host. I, I, one thing that we need to talk about, I've just been thinking about it all day. I don't think we realize how important the game being at Arrowhead is for Mahomes chances of playing in this game. Mahomes doesn't have to jump on a flight to Atlanta. Now that inflammation and all that could be a factor in him trying to recover from this injury. Like if there is a chance that's going to even be tricky for him to try to navigate, you know, if he's got to try to fly and all that stuff. So just that hosting it at Arrowhead. I'm really glad though, that this team is getting a chance to, um, to to right that wrong from last year and it's a wrong chiefs were the better football team i'm not Mm -hmm. again i'm same with maddie they had no business winning that football game the chiefs were flexing their muscles and beating the brakes off them and they just melted down it was an absolute catastrophe and it had more to do with the the chiefs than it had to do with the Bengals. it was not about the Bengals. and i think what's great about this opportunity now is that it's gonna be about the Bengals all week it's all about the Bengals. They're not creeping up on anybody. Everybody, the look at the line. The line's been open for six seconds, and everybody's picking the <laughs> Bengals. This is great. I love this. Patrick yeah. Mahomes is on an, a gimpy ankle. If he goes out and devastates the Cincinnati Bengals on one leg, y'all can shut up about Joe Burrow finally. It will be the most epic rant, Swanson, oh. that we will ever see. I'm about to rant just thinking about it. Like, I, just, so I start smiling. You can you can almost like hear it in your voice. It starts working up. Maddie's face tells it all. Like he's see, getting close. He's getting let close. Me, let me open this week up with this. I hate the Cincinnati Bengals. I despise them. I want nothing good to happen to them. And I hope the Kansas City Chiefs bring a lot of tears all over that skyline chili next week. I mean, I need to pull a sidecar up for you to join me on, on my on my bus here Let's, that I have oh, had for time. the Frogals. Let's go. <laughs> get, get this. They played six playoff games in the past two seasons. They've been the better team in exactly one of them, and that was today. They shouldn't have won any of their other playoff games that they had. They needed the other team to literally crap the bed to beat every team they played last year in the playoffs and then lose the Super Bowl. They needed Tyler Huntley, a backup quarterback, to try to space jam at the goal line to beat the Ravens, who had, again, Tyler Huntley playing quarterback. They have been outplayed in five of their six playoff games. They have gotten super lucky. They have been good at situational football. A lot of chips have fallen their way over the past two seasons to get where they are. I know it sounds like excuses. It sounds like an angry Chiefs fan because they have beat the Chiefs. It's not even about the Chiefs. It's I said it before they played the Chiefs last year. Going into the regular season game, in the playoffs, they were not better than the teams they were beating. They just happened to have things fall into their lap. 
get flags at the right time, things went their way. It continued this year a little bit. I do think they evolved. This Bengals team is better than they were last year. Last year's team yeah. was 100% the Cincinnati Fraud Goals. This year, they're only half frauds. The problem <laughs> is, they all they had to do was beat a, a backup quarterback for the third time this year with, Ty, with Tyler Huntley and the Ravens, and they go into this Bills game where the Bills showed up and played like us three were out there suited up trying to figure out how to play in an NFL game. It was bad. They they just they have not gone out of their way to impress me outside of Lou Anaromo, who I will give all the credit in the world to. He is dragging everything else about that team into relevance right now. He has throughout the entire time in the playoffs. This team, I hope they're the favorites. I hope for the first time since 2018, the Chiefs are actively seen as a real underdog, not this manufactured underdog, not this, oh, nobody believes us. No actively are an underdog. I would love for the Chiefs, it's not an Andy Reid thing, but I would love for there to be some emotion shown leading up to the game for the first time from this team. It just finally gets to the point to where it's bubbling over a little bit. They they keep things tight to the vest. They keep they take the high road all the time. I know that's Andy Reid, but if it just started coming out this week that they really were into it, like I think that would go a long way because the national world sees them as an underdog to this team. And I just, I have a hard time buying it. I really do. Well, and this team is so used to being front runners. We've talked about this before. And like, I think some of the reason last year happened was because of that front runner, front runner mentality a little bit. But we've seen this team respond when their backs are against the wall in a situation where they don't have Patrick Mahomes. We've seen them beat good teams in Arrowhead with lesser quarterbacks, with their third string quarterback. I mean, I, I just, I, I think you're going to see a response from this group as a whole everyone understands going into the week that they have to like what what's expected of them there's more pressure on the defense there's more pressure on the offensive line there's more pressure on the run game there's just like there's an elevated level of pressure that i think we've seen this team respond with in a in a big way in the past that i i i weirdly have a good feeling i weirdly have a good feeling about next week so um yeah i'm looking forward to it you're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. All right, guys, let's talk a little specific matchups that you're looking forward to on both sides of the ball. We'll wrap this show up. We appreciate everybody hanging out uh, that's watching this live. Please go ahead and keep giving us your thoughts, your questions, your comments. We'll bring some of those on at the end of the show to uh, break this all down. Again, the Chiefs facing the Bengals in the AFC Championship game next Sunday at 530. Kent, I thought you brought up a great point regarding the traveling. 
uh, as it relates to Mahomes, but it's also a benefit that the Chiefs got to play on Saturday. They get an extra day of rest. Now the Bengals have to travel home from Buffalo and then turn around and fly back to Kansas City next Saturday. Basically have two days less of preparation or to get their bodies right with the Chiefs also coming off the bye week. And so physically, you would think the Chiefs would be in a better situation even though the Bengals took care of business, that was still an emotionally charged game for the Bengals to go there and play in that weather. And so something else to keep in mind as they get ready for this one. But Maddie, let's start talking Chiefs defense against Bengals offense. What are the key matchups that you're really going to be focusing on this week with the content to, to get all of us here at KCSN prepped for that game next Sunday? There's specific matchups, and I know we will say, you know, I don't want to skimp out on them, but we will talk about them throughout the week. But the biggest thing, can you tackle? Just tackle. I mean, literally just tackle. Not even tackle great. Just tackle at an NFL average level, and that first game looks entirely different. That was one of the poorest NFL tackling performances you are going to see all season long and all, you know, for over a couple seasons. If that's fixed even a little bit, and which the Chiefs have played a lot better in that regard here lately, you go watch them versus the Jaguars. They, they did a great job of tackling when they got opportunities to. Yeah, there were some missed tackles. But they overall did great for a team stretching them horizontally so much. So as long as they continue to tackle well, I think that's going to go so far. I talked about it. The Bengals are really good at getting guys in space. Jamar Chase is big, strong, and fast. T. Higgins is big and strong. Hayden Hurst, or sorry, Tyler Higby, big, strong guy. Like All these guys are breaking tackles. So like You have to be careful that you don't come in, overrun these guys, and let them break a tackle. But if you do that, if they play like they have been the past couple weeks in the open field, I feel a lot better about slowing down the Bengals' offense. Do not give them the free extra five, six yards per play that they seem like they were getting in the first matchup. I think one of the big matchups that we're going to be paying attention to. All right, can I switch to can I switch to the offense, or do I need to continue to go on the defense? Sorry, BJ. It's your show, buddy. You do whatever okay. you want. What? Do it. <laughs> um, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have to out Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Uh, I think what you're going to see if if he's going to operate, he's going to have to be getting the ball out of his hands at a very alarmingly quick rate. He's going to have to process very quickly. He's going to have to be accurate in the short to intermediate. He's going to have to throw some back shoulder fades a little bit. He's going to have to do some of the things that we've seen Joe Burrow be so good at better than what Joe Burrow has if he's going to play in this football game. And that's what's going to be so fascinating is kind of the, you know, what is Lou Anarumo going to do? How does he navigate a little bit of an unknown, unknown, a little bit of an unknown with Patrick Mahomes? He's got, you know, some, he's got some tape on Patrick Mahomes hobbled up on a high ankle sprain. He's got the second half of the game. And boy, that was peppering, you know, the short to intermediate, right? So what does he do to counter that? Are they going to be real physical with the Chiefs offense or receivers? I would be stunned if they don't play man coverage, uh, if I'm being honest. So um, it's going to be an interesting kind of, you know, matchup there. But I think it's going to fall on how Mahomes can be that assassin with the ball out of his hands very quickly. I think that's going to be the big factor in this game. Yeah, flipping back to the point that Maddie make, I think the tackling uh, that was the we played the Bengals in the regular season. It was the Justin Reed saying Hayden Hurst was soft and that whole deal. And then he came out and they didn't tackle well and they weren't physical at all. We know Joe Burrow wants to get the ball out. And the good thing for the Chiefs is we have a lot of young defensive backs, Trent McDuffie, Josh Williams. Those guys will come up and hit. And we need to see that. We need to see the Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill that we saw in week 18 against the Raiders. We need that physicality with those guys coming up, tackling well hitting, letting them know that they're back there because we did not see that in the first matchup between these two teams in the regular season. No, not at all. And I think that even continues to the offensive side too. You watch the Bengals defense. 
guess who doesn't give up any extra yards after the point of contact? That defense. It doesn't matter. They might give you some space underneath to Kent's point to where you can try to outburrow them. Like that. That's definitely a possibility. But when their linebacker hits you at six yards, guess how many yards you get? Six. How, when their safety hits you at eight, you get eight. They don't give up extra yards that they shouldn't be giving up on plays. They just play such fundamentally sound football on both sides, and they just kind of linger around, hang out, do their thing until you make a mistake. They let you beat yourselves, and they just kind of keep doing their thing. That's part of why I don't think they're as good as they seem sometimes. We're in this era of defensive coordinators being overly aggressive because they have to stop these alien quarterbacks who are overly aggressive, and the Bengals have found themselves where they've amassed enough talent, which is a good job by them, to where they can just go out there and play assignment sound football on both sides of the ball, and eventually somebody trying to be overaggressive makes a mistake. Or in the Bills, you know, sense they just can't get it going because they're trying to be too alien rather than fundamentally sound. And so I just I think as long as you can come in, you win that physicality battle in the trenches, you compete, you even play just to the Bengals level at the tackle point on both sides of the ball. I think you really take away a lot of the hidden yards, a lot of that gray area that the Bengals seem to win game after game after game. You have to match them there, though. You have to go out there and make that decision to do it. If you don't, it gets ugly bad. I mean, it gets ugly pretty fast against them sometimes. For sure. I, 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 I'm fascinated to see how this one goes. And I kind of like that the Chiefs lost the last time that these two teams played. I like the fact that, um, you know, the, the Chiefs pass rush had no answer. I love that they just, they, they, they didn't have a, the ability to create pressure or, or beat that group up because I think you're seeing a lot of point of pride from that group up front. Uh, there's a lot of factors in here. I, I don't know. I'm not saying anything. We got a week to talk about it, but there's I think there's some I think there's some things working in the Chiefs favor, favor outside of this whole Mahomes uh issue. So I, I kind of like the position that they're sitting in right now. I feel like Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, even with the injury, they're good enough to game plan around it. They'll figure out ways to get in some favorable matchups to make some plays, to put some points on the board. It really comes down to the defense. It comes down to Maddie. Yep. I think we were just talking about their ability to come up and tackle. And then guys like Chris Jones to play like the defensive player of the year candidate. This is a Chris Jones come out and do what you are paid to do, do what everybody expects you to do and put your name up on the ring of honor. I talked about it with Nate Taylor this week on KCSN update. I don't know what you guys thought about Chris's performance yesterday, but this one against the Bengals has Chris Jones written all over it. Yes. I think he was great versus the Jags. And he was as dominant as you can be without completely taking over a game. Like, I don't want that to be a knock. Like I think there's Chris Jones has played better even this year. They did in that game, but he was still the best defensive player on the field or one of mm -hmm. them for either teams. I think you pair that, you get the same level of performance from Colin Saunders, from Frank Clark, uh, from Karloff, this Dunlap, and then Spags and the way he was calling the game. It won't look the same, but just the control he had over that game, I think you could really put the Bengals in a bind, and we've seen it. Joe Burrow's really good under pressure. He's good versus the blitz and all these things, but there are times where he has been very much rattled when you start to get quick pressure, when you can change what things look like on him pre, post snap, make him move. So there, there's avenues to beating the Bengals that are right up the Chiefs alley, and I do agree. A lot of it starts with Chris Jones versus a beat-up defensive line and what Steve Spagnuolo wants to do off of that, off of his presence there in the middle. And I think the good news is, you know, you're seeing Frank playoff Frank playoff shark coming on a little bit. Like there, there was a little bit of help last week, and I think you know that the, the Chiefs showed that they've, you know, the defensive line played well like across the board. So there's a little bit of help coming for him too, and I think that's going to be really important uh, in this uh, in this upcoming game. 
one of the tweets that I saw from Aaron Ladd talking to Chris Jones, talking about last year's AFC championship game. Cause another underlying story of Chris Jones being motivated for this one is there were a handful of plays that Chris Jones left on the field with Joe Burrow in his grasp and the quote via Aaron Ladd on Twitter, Chris Jones on AFC title game quote. I missed some of the biggest plays of the game, the Joe Burrow sack. I use that as motivation for the whole off season. I feel like if I would have made those plays, the game would have been different. He's so, right. I- <laughs> yeah. No, he's, he's right. He's exactly he's exactly right. But that's exactly what you want to see from a player like Christian. There, he has every reason to go out there and show and play a level of football that we've rarely seen from him to go and just absolutely take over and dominate a game. And, and that's what it is. I I agree with him. And then I think to go along with that, somebody on the defensive side has to step up and make plays besides just Chris Jones. Because when you're in this situation where Chris has to do every single thing for your defense, you're putting not only a ton of pressure on him, but it's deflating when he almost makes a play, but then doesn't. But if you have a Sneed or a Nick Bolton or one, whoever, just having a good game or making these big splash plays too, it goes a long way in helping the Chiefs not feel like they're relying entirely on him. And I think that's something the yeah. Chiefs didn't have last year versus the Bengals. Who was making plays on the defensive side within it wasn't Jones. There was nobody making plays. The Bengals defense, on the other hand, they're built from this team that, you know, maybe no one's going to take over a game, but every couple guys, you know, there's going to be multiple guys making these big plays every game. The Chiefs need somebody else to step up and be that guy for them. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see who it's going to be and, how Steve Spagnuolo goes about trying to defend the Bengals if it's blitz heavy again, what they do with Snead and who he's covering. Just there, there's a lot of questions on how they're going to try to defend the Bengals and how they're going to try to unlock uh, Chris Jones. And how they, and I, I think the, inver- the the opposite side of that too is like, how do they try to mitigate it on the offensive side of the ball too? Because like, this is a going to be a complete team effort. Like what I, what I keep thinking about is just like, the entirety of this roster has to step up. The entirety of this roster knows it has to step up around Patrick Mahomes. They're going to have to support him in a big way. And I think it's a team, it's a team football game. It's not just, it's not just him. It's not just the defense and how they slow, you know, how they slow Joe Burrow down. Although I think that's obviously a massive, massive, massive factor in this football game, but how can the offense mitigate that a little bit to help support the rest of the team? It's complimentary football. We've seen this team rally to play complimentary football in the past. When it comes to, I think about that Vikings game with Matt Moore, and I, I think it's just kind of the same thing. Like, I think it's just, it's just, how is this team going to respond as a group? It's both sides of the football putting things together. Guys, via James Palmer of NFL Network Uh-oh. on Twitter, Bengals at Chiefs will be the ninth conference championship game rematch from the previous season, from since the formation of the AFC NFC back in 1970 uh, and per stats that don't really matter, but we love to, to share them. Anyway, the winner of the previous con- conference championship matchup is five and three in the rematches, but have lost each of the last two. So there's something for you. We appreciate everybody for hanging out. We're going to get final thoughts from Maddie and Kent right now. Let's go reverse order. Kent, let's start with you. Final thoughts as we know who the chief's opponent is going to be. Uh, Per, come back to me for come back to me in just a second because I have something I do want to look at. Just okay. just come back to All me right. in just a second. I because I'm I'm working to confirm something real, real quick. Okay, my Maddie. final takeaway. <laughs> Remember when Patrick Mahomes had a little turf toe action in the playoffs? They were setting up to play the Buffalo Bills, who are on the rise. This is going to be the time where the Bills make this big step. What comes out? The Chiefs' offense comes out. They know Mahomes is a little bit limited in his mobility. Probably not as bad as he's going to be fresh off a high ankle sprain, but he was still limited. What did that offense look like? Entirely different than what it looks like right now, than what it looked like you know, before that injury happened to pop up. 
Andy Reid now has a week to prepare this game plan around Mahomes not being able to go full Mahomes. They don't have to worry about, okay, we had a bunch of stretch plays in this play sheet this week because it was a good look versus this defense. Well, guess who can't make that play now? Mahomes, but that's what we've installed all week, so we have to keep doing it. Andy has a week to prepare for the limited mobility Mahomes may or may not have. He will change his offense. He will do different stuff. I think you might see something akin to this Bills game that I'm talking about to where Mahomes is just playing with his eyes and arm angle to throw a bunch of different RPOs. You're going to give them a run look. You're going to let Pacheco run downhill. You're going to force the Bengals to play that game a little bit more than you are this just passing game that's Mahomes. I don't want to say just go play hero ball because there's a lot more to it than that, but that's what it kind of comes out as they're not going to plan on that being the case of his mobility is limited. So yeah, it might show up that he can't move, but I'm excited to see what Andy Reid's offense looks like then. And so I just, I think people are sleeping on that week of Andy to prepare. I, I think people are really downplaying what the offense can look like and how it might be different knowing this yeah. might be the case. Especially considering Jay Glazer has reported that Mahomes woke up feeling way better than he anticipated today. Let's go. Mic drop. That's it. That's all I got. That's your take. Okay. That's, cool. That was what you were waiting to. to I just to wanted. To, I wanted to find if there was more context <laughs> to it. It was great. Mahomes is feeling way better than I. Don't count that man out. I defy you. I dare you to count that man out. All right. We appreciate all of you for hanging out. My t- big takeaway is that this is the ma- the matchup that we wanted. Uh, Bengals three and zero. I love the fact that there's going to be so much talking. Very similar to what's going on in the chat uh, right now with Bengals fans just letting them know that they have the Chiefs number and they do. They're three and zero against the Chiefs. Nothing you can say to that other than the fact that for all the reasons that we talked about, we watched all the football games. Still feel like the Chiefs are a better football team, but they got to go out and prove it when it matters for all the reasons we just talked about and for all the reasons that we will talk about all throughout this week. Getting you ready at KC Sports Network for the AFC Championship game for the fifth consecutive season taking place at Arrowhead Stadium. First time in NFL history a team has hosted five straight AFC championship games. This is the golden age of Chiefs football, and it'll be that much sweeter. They get back to the Super Bowl with a victory over a team that's had their number for the last couple of years. So appreciate everybody for hanging out. Appreciate everybody in the chat room for keeping things lively and keeping things going. Give us a preview of what this week is going to look like on social media. So appreciate everybody for hanging out. For Maddie, for Kent, and everybody at KC Sports Network, appreciate you for hanging out. We'll see you next time. Come back when you get to five fraud goals fans. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform KC Sports Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.